Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. I'm really thankful this morning for a lot of things. Most of us heard, heard of the term double back which basically means go back the same way you came to either retrieve something or look for something or you forgot something. Because sometimes, when it comes to thankfulness, we have to double back and return to a memory. You know, a time where God really met us. A time that it was so significant that it, that it changed the way we saw Him, that it changed the way we saw our, our circumstances and the things that we were walking for, that it, that it left a mark on us. And when we double back to that memory, when we return to that memory, it excites us. And it does something to us in the moment that we are in right now. When we return to this memory, when we double back to this memory, and, we, and we're thankful and we're grateful because of what God did then, we carry that thankfulness into our present moment where we might need it in order to take the next step. So doubling back is a, is a huge concept. It's a, it's a, wonderful, way of th- a wonderful way to think about this. In Psalm 143, 4 through 5, it says, I am losing all hope. I am paralyzed with fear. I remember the days of old. I ponder all your great works. And I think about what you have done. And then in Ephesians 2, 12 to 13, it says, Remember that you were were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It is great to remember these things. And like the scripture Patty read, To remember where we're rooted. To double back on those memories. And so that we can look at the circumstances that we're facing now, or the challenges that we're facing now, with the memories intact, saying, I remember what God did back then. I remember what God did in that day. And and recently, I, I came back to many memories. And actually, I had one just a little while ago when we were singing the song, Blessed Be the Name. I was thinking back to a long time ago when we lost two babies in a row. And the, and the second one just devastated us. And I remember I was working in Danbury at the time and I, and I had my own office and I closed the door to the office and I was just weeping there at the desk. And then all of a sudden I started to remember those words from Job. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And for some reason, God met me there in, my, in that darkest grief moment. And, that, and, and I just got back to that memory. And, and how my whole outlook just started to change. But I just got thankful thinking about that memory. And then I think back to November of 2019 where Christine was in the hospital. And the doctor says there's no way that she can come home for Thanksgiving. Not a chance. And later that evening, after Sarah had been visiting, she goes, look who I stole from the hospital. And we saw her face and I heard her voice 
And this, this absolute joy ran up my spine. And I was just so thrilled to see her face and, and hear her voice and have her home for Thanksgiving. It would be her last Thanksgiving with us. But I returned to that memory this week and I said, man, thank you for that. What a gift that was. I doubled back on it. And it brought me joy to where I am today. And then I thought back to all those years where I lived in that dark place in my home. And, and it seemed like Thanksgiving meals just appeared out of nowhere. Where I never thought I was going to have another good meal again. And strangers, and prompted by the Holy Spirit, full of generosity, would bring us Thanksgiving meals. Double back on those memories. And I've, I've just built up with thankfulness in my heart. And in my spirit, I'm saying, man, what great things you have done, Father. Isn't it great to, 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 to go back to these memories, to, to, to double back on these memories, memories and think about and remember what God has done. And how they, they fan our faith now. And how they fan our thankfulness. So that whatever we're facing now, whatever difficulty it is now, when I connect it with the faith that what God did then. Because what God did then, He could do today. And He could do tomorrow. Because He's the same. Same faithful God. Same generous God. Same kind God, full of mercy and compassion. But it's good to double back. Take those steps of thankfulness back to those memories. Remember them. Dwell on them. And thank Him for them. And there's this wonderful story, this awesome story in Luke 17, in, in, uh, in verse 11. We're going to start there. This is an awesome story about doubling back. Starting in verse 11, it says, On the way to Jerusalem, He was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as He entered a village, He was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. Imagine having this disease that separated you from society. This awful, awful disease. These ten men were suffering from a disease that was the worst disease of their day. It destroyed relational boundaries. It just, it just destroyed everything about their lives. And then it would start to eat their flesh away. They would lose limbs, fingers, toes, faces. And it took about 30 years to kill its victim. Awful disease. Awful, awful disease. And adding to this terrible situation they were facing physically was the added disgrace of being considered spiritually unclean as well. So they are separated by their friends and their family and society. In verse 13 they say, And they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have you ever cried out for mercy? I've cried out for mercy. So many times in my life. Just mercy. God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on the the people I'm praying for. Have mercy. Have compassion on them. These men are crying out for mercy. Now, it took faith for them to cry out to Jesus. Because usually when they were shouting, it was shouting warnings to everyone. They had to shout warnings that unclean, unclean, while they held a finger near their mouth saying, unclean, unclean, unclean. And they had to do this from at least a distance of 16 feet, at least up to 100 feet away. 
Imagine trying to communicate to people. Imagine that the, the closest that you could get to a family member was 16 feet in all your communications. So it, it took faith for them to shout out something other than a warning when Jesus is approaching. Lord, Master, have mercy on us. They cry out, Master, in the book of Luke, the only other time that Master is used when it's addressing Jesus is by his disciples. No one else calls him Master but his disciples in the book of Luke. But they're calling him Master. There's, there's a recognition here. They know who Jesus is. They know about his authority. Maybe they heard about the other stories of him healing lepers by touching them. And it's a miracle that a Jew is walking through Samaria. Jesus seems to do this a lot. It's also a shortcut. But it's a miracle. Here is Jesus. He's here, here in front of us. Master. They don't even cry out for healing. They cry out for mercy. They cry out for mercy. Trusting that this man, this master, whatever he says, goes. All they need is a word from him. And they're going to let God, Jesus The master, define what mercy means. I think that's awesome faith right here. This is terrific faith right here. Verse 14. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. These men are desperate. I need you to see this. These men are desperate. They are walking around with a death sentence. They discover Jesus is passing through Samaria. They are yelling to get his attention. They are so close to this person, planet-wide, the only person that can heal their disease. And they cry out for mercy. And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. He doesn't run over to them. He doesn't call them close. He doesn't heal the disease on the spot. He just gives them instructions. I'm wondering for a moment if they're disappointed. Because now it doesn't seem like their situation has changed from a few, just a few minutes ago when they first saw Jesus. They're crying out to them, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. And he just gives them instructions. I don't know if there was a letdown when they first heard that. I don't think there was because of their response. Because Jesus never mentions healing. He doesn't say that he would heal them or that even that their trip back to the priest would heal them. He instructs them to obey Mosaic law in Leviticus 13 and 14. But it talks about how someone who has been healed of leprosy has to go and show themselves to the priest. So the priest can examine them and then declare them healed to the community. This is what Jesus has told them to do by going and showing themselves to the priest. Obey the law. You know what's up. But they're not healed yet. It's an amazing story. Basically, Jesus was telling them, do what I say despite the disease. Despite the evidence against deserving mercy or receiving mercy, because my words have life in them. My instructions have life in them. I thought about this. You know, here's the real truth of this. Jesus is the mercy that God sent into the world that needed mercy. He is the mercy. 
He is the mercy. And he was speaking this to them. So listening and acting on these instructions obviously took great faith from these men. And Jesus was giving them this opportunity to to be thankful before they even had reasons to be thankful. They didn't check out their skin before they started to, to step out. They didn't see if there was any kind of healing before they started to look for the priest. They just went. They just left. It's amazing. They just did what Jesus told them to do. But this is the thought here. Jesus tells them to go see the priest. Now, you couldn't present yourself. You couldn't approach a person, a priest or otherwise, unless you didn't have leprosy. So somehow, it seems like these men put it together. Jesus has just told us to go and show ourselves to the priest. We're obviously still covered with this disease, still walking around with this disease. And we know we can't approach the priest unless we've been healed or have evidence of a healing. So something's going to happen between here and there. It has to. Otherwise, why would Jesus told us to go? It seemed like they put this together. They knew somehow that between the time they left Jesus and the time that they got to the priest, something was going to happen. Something was going to go down. Something was going to change in their lives. This is amazing faith that these ten men had. It's awesome faith. Because they understood that they couldn't even get close to the priest unless they had evidence that their leprosy was healed. It's amazing story here. This amazing story. Man, I love it. And verse 14 also tells us that as they went, they were cleansed. On the way to show themselves to the priest, their skin cleared. The limbs that had once lost feeling started to feel again. And we don't know the extent of their healing, but maybe limbs grew back. Maybe fingers grew back. I don't know. It just says that they were cleansed on their way to the priest. Hallelujah. These men acted on the words of Jesus and were healed. Now, not only were they one step closer to the priest, they were one step closer to be reunited with their families. With the community. This is a beautiful moment of healing for these men. It's, their lives are going to be radically different from this, from this point onward. Because when you're obedient to God... You're going to have reasons to be thankful. Even if you don't see immediate results. Because we don't know how far they walked before they saw the evidence of their healing. We don't know how far they were away from Jesus or how close they were to the priest. It just says on their way, they were healed. I'm wondering though, if they were waiting for evidence to show up before they stepped out in faith, if they would still be standing there. I don't know. When you're obedient to God, you're going to have reasons to be thankful. Even if the evidence doesn't present itself right away. But somewhere between where Jesus talks to you and where he's sending you, there's going to be an answer. There's going to be a change. Verse 15, something outrageous happens. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. This man doubled back. He retraced his steps. He made his way back to Jesus, praising God with a loud voice. The Greek word here for 
loud is megas. And it means loud. It means strong. It means high. It means bold. It is basically everyone heard this man coming back. He was used to talking with a loud voice. The law required him to talk with a loud voice. To warn people. To protect people. From this terrible disease that he was carrying. So he was used to talking with a loud voice to be heard. But now he is praising God with that voice. He used to shout about his pain. Now he was shouting with praise. Because he understood he was clean. He was cleansed. He was healed. And now that loud voice that used to call out about his pain. Is calling out praise to God. Hallelujah. What a change of events. And he's so loud, and he's so high, and he's so bold. Everybody hears him coming back. You can't miss hearing this guy's voice. And he hasn't even made, he hasn't even seen the priest. And he hasn't even seen Jesus yet. But he's thankful for what God has done. But he's doubling back for a purpose. He's doubling back. Oh, you know, because this is the way my mind thinks. Jesus told his men to go show himself to the priest. Did he disobey Jesus? I think the answer is in verse 16. And he fell on, the, on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. So not only did this man once carry the, this disease of leprosy, he carried this strong social stigma of being a half-breed, which is what the Jews considered Samaritans to be. There was hatred, there was distrust between Jews and Samaritans. And despite all that, he is making his way back to Jesus. He is doubling back to Jesus. And he falls on the feet of Jesus, worshipping him, praising him, thanking him. Here's the answer to that question. Did this man disobey Jesus? I think Jesus was the only priest he needed. He went back to the high priest. There was something that he started to recognize. Something that he started to see. That Hey, wait a minute. This is God with us. This is the Messiah. This is the only high priest that I need to talk to. This is the only high priest that I, that I need to present myself to. To show myself to. Yes, he's still obeying Jesus. He went back to the high priest. It's beautiful. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Since then we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest that is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw nearer to the throne of grace that we might receive what? Mercy and find grace in the help of time of need. Obviously that was written after this man. But he returned to mercy. Remember his original prayer? Show mercy. Give us mercy. He went back to the source of mercy. He went back to his high priest. One that would atone for the sins of the world. It's a beautiful picture here. He still obeyed what Jesus told him to do. He just had to double back. (laughs) To see the true high priest. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing? I think it's amazing. Back to the story. Verse 17 and 18. And Jesus answered, 
We're not ten cleansed. We're at a nine. Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? God's still at his feet. God has not, this guy has not moved yet. See, our response to God's blessing is important. Jesus challenged those witnesses in this miracle and even us today because we were all once walking around in decay, losing pieces of ourselves, covered with a, a spiritual leprosy called sin, losing ourselves in the way. He came, he healed our spiritual leprosy, he healed our sin, forgave our sin, and brought us back into right relationship with God. There is that place that we could return to, that we could double back to. The moment when we realized that we needed a Messiah and we gave ourselves to him, we could double back to that again and again. So when the enemy comes to rob, steal, and destroy, we remind him who we are and who set us free. And we remind him who we are today in Jesus and who Jesus promises us to be in the future. See, that's why we double back to regain balance. So that we can think clearly. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did God do in the past? What, what did God do on, on September the 3rd, 2002? Whatever the date is in your mind. Go back there and say, wait a minute. God delivered me then. See, I go back often to those years of abuse. Now, without pain and without shame. Because I am reminded of what God did for me in those dark times. See, he took this little boy who didn't have a voice. Who was afraid to speak up. Who had a speech impediment. And look, I'm not saying I'm a great speaker. But I stand in front of people all the time talking. God knew that. And somewhere between then when God spoke to me as a little boy saying, will you trust in me? Will you trust in me? Will you trust in me? To where I am now at 66 saying, will you trust in me? Will you trust in me? Because I was there then. I was faithful then. I am faithful now and I will be faithful tomorrow. I'm not that little boy anymore. I'm a redeemed son of God. So I double back to those memories and I say, thank you, Father, for redemption. Because you redeem and you redeem and you will redeem. Praise be to God. I want to double back to those memories. Don't you, don't you want to double back to those times where God was off the charts faithful to you? Now, God is always off the charts faithful. I know that. But those are those moments when you know. And that you remember. Revisit those. Grab a hold of those. Psalm 9, 1-2. And I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. The Hebrew word here for recount means to inscribe with a mark. So that you remember and celebrate. So we make these mental marks in our life. We make those heart marks. We make these spiritual marks to say, I'm marking this down. I'm making a mark. I'm going to remember this day. I'm going to remember what God was faithful. Because what God does every day is what? He gives us new mercies every day. I cry out for mercy every day because there's new ones to get. If God's going to give me something new every day, I want it. That's why I cry out for mercy. Because I need it. 
first of all, because there's a new expression of mercy that I didn't understand before. And God wants to give it to me. He wants to give it to you. But when I remember what he's done in the past, that helps me take a step of faith now in the things that I face. If he was faithful then, he's going to be faithful today. Because he's the same God that was there, who's here now. He promises to be in my future. Hallelujah. Verse 19, and he said to him, because this man is still at his feet, rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Notice Jesus doesn't repeat his original instructions here to go show himself to the priest. He's already been there. He's already been there. He's already shown himself. And so Jesus doesn't have to repeat it. He's saying, oh man, he got it. And I'm going to give him something more. Zozo for making well means whole. But it talks about physical wholeness and spiritual wholeness. This man got something that the other nine didn't get. They got a great deal. I'm sure they were still happy about it. (laughs) They got physical healing from that awful disease. They got to be reunited with their families again. Restored to the community of faith. There's been many things written about why maybe the other nine didn't go of that they were all Jews and this man was a Samaritan and once they all got healed, well, all bets were off, you know. And we don't want to hang around you anymore. It doesn't say any of that. And far as I would understand, these men would still be grateful. And they received their healing. God didn't take it away from them. But one guy, one guy knew that the real high priest that he had, he had to redouble back. Retrace your steps in order to be there. And Jesus said, this guy gets it. So get up and go your way. Your faith in me has made you whole. You've already been healed of your leprosy. Now your spiritual leprosy has been healed as well. Man, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that just beautiful? Kind of Jesus. This once outcast Samaritan recognized that Jesus was more than a master. This man was God with us. He didn't have to double back to tradition. He didn't have to double back to the priest. He didn't double back to the temple. He doubled back to the high priest and to the word made flesh. Man, I want to have this man's faith. Because this is what I really appreciate about this dude. Whoa, I'm healed. There's not a trace of leprosy on me. I got to double back. I got to get back there. And he doesn't wait till he gets to Jesus to praise God. He praises God every step of the way back. And that's the beautiful thing about these memories, that these marks that we make on ourselves when we recount the goodness of God. We can worship God on the way back to that memory and then worship Him forward in it. Our memories... Fan thankfulness in us when we remember how good God is. So even in my sorrow, even in my loss, even when the memories are a mixture of emotions, because they are, those times when we saw God come through means we needed to see God come through. We were facing something. We were challenged by something. We were experiencing something. Maybe we were scared and frightened and worried or sick or whatever it was. We needed God to show up. So there's a mixture of emotions there. We might remember some of those emotions going back. But what we will remember, because we marked it, that the goodness of God showed up in a way that I was changed. So now, 
Ten years later, twenty years later, five minutes later, I can still recount the goodness of God. And I praise Him here and now. And then I praise Him as I go to whatever challenge He has for me. Whatever step of faith I must do. You see that? See that? This is why I often say that you know, gratitude is the memory muscle of my heart. The more I'm thankful for things, the more I remember how good God is. I remember the times that he rescued me. Or just the times that he delighted in me. But I felt his presence. So, you know those times when you, you know, you feel God's presence and it's, you can't contain it. You can't build a tabernacle for it. You, get, you know, you can't hold on to it, but you can remember it. So, oh. And what does it make you do? It makes you want to enter into that presence even more. It makes you want to be grateful more for what he's done. That's the beauty of being thankful. It's the beauty of doubling back on and taking steps of thankfulness along the way. Because I believe doubling back helps us take steps of thankfulness today.